Hello and welcome to the Writer's Cookbook Podcast. I'm Christina Adams. And I'm Ellie Betts. And we are here serving you with your weekly slice of writing advice. This week I have dusted off my only slightly useless history BA to do some research. About time it came in useful. Only took eight years. Better late than never. Today we're looking at our first inspiring woman who changed the way that postnatal or postpartum depression was treated forever with her short story, The Yellow Wallpaper. Sounds like my kind of woman. I think you're going to like her. Oh, I can't wait to hear more. Let's go. As I said, today we are looking at Charlotte Perkins Gilman, born as Charlotte Perkins in Hartford, Connecticut in 1860. She was a writer, commercial artist, magazine editor, lecturer, and of course, social reformer. So she was quite prolific then. Quite, exactly. She published poetry collections, novels, as well as nonfiction. And short stories in various different places. That's quite impressive, I think, for a woman in Victorian times, isn't it? Exactly. She began to make a name for herself as a feminist and published various articles around women and equality between 1886 and 1935. She would also give lectures on the subject, at least 90 different lectures across America and Europe. I didn't know she was in, she came to Europe as well. Like, was that unusual for women to travel to Europe at the time? I think it would have cost a hell of a lot of money. And obviously it'd take weeks to get across. So it was no small feat. And to be doing it to talk about feminism as well. Mm -hmm. Quite a big name. She Mm -hmm. was even progressive in her fiction writing. She included women in her fiction that were more than just the stereotypical woman of the house, her mum kind of people um, portrayed them instead as fully fleshed people as we are as women of course (laughs) Um, she even spoke out against one of darwin's theories so while she did mostly agree with his theories on evolution she disagreed with his idea of the female mind and wrote there is no female mind the brain is not an organ of sex might as well speak of a female liver I do love that, a female liver. Yeah. I actually didn't know Darwin had a idea of like a female mind as well. That really yeah, he me. talks about men and women very differently. So I don't think the female mind is one of his major theories, um, but it's something he referred to to differentiate between men and women, which she clearly called him out on. As she should. <laughs> she should, I agree. Um Despite how famous a writer she became, she actually had very little schooling when she was younger. So sporadically, only about four years in total. Wow. Um, Interestingly, she did spend a lot of time around her father's aunts, um, who turned out to be quite impressive ladies. Isabella Beecher Hooker was a suffragist. Mm. Harriet Beecher Stowe was the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is a very famous anti-slavery novel. And Catherine Beecher was an educator. Some very inspiring people in her life then. And it it just goes to show that academia isn't everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about putting your mind to things and what you want to achieve and also having the right people around you. 
Exactly. The right support group can push you in any direction, really. Totally. Her most well-known story is The Yellow Wallpaper. It was originally published under her first married name, Charlotte Perkins Stetson. This was her first husband who later divorced her due to her mental health issues. Charming guy. I know. The short story changed the way the that postnatal depression or postpartum depression was treated, which I think wow. is an amazing way of showing the power that a short story can have. Totally. Before Charlotte Perkins Gilman, postnatal depression was treated with what they called the rest cure, which was prescribed for a lot of women for a lot of different diseases or issues or mental health problems, various different things. The advice she was given by her doctor was to live as domestic a life as possible, have your child with you all the time, lie down an hour after each meal, have but two hours intellectual life a day, and never touch a pen, brush, or pencil as long as you live. So when they say have but two hours of intellectual life a day, basically don't talk to anyone except for two hours a day. Don't have any interaction with anything. Don't read. Don't do anything except for two hours a day. There's so much wrong with that. Like, first of all, if you're around someone all the time, it's going to drive you mad regardless of who they are Mm. to you. Second of all, you shouldn't lie down after a meal. It's really bad for your digestion. (laughs) You should move about because it helps prevent things like heartburn and indigestion. Mm -hmm. And two hours of simulation a day. Yeah. You'd go mad. Well, that's exactly the point she was trying to make. So she did try and follow her doctor's advice for a few months, but obviously got worse to the point she almost had an entirely psychotic breakdown. She was talking about suicide in terms of pistols and chloroform and stuff. Um, And it was shortly after that that her first husband and her did divorce. I think it was kind of a mutual thing. But yeah, I feel like he abandoned her a little bit in the midst of things there. (laughs) It does sound like it because, I mean, even if you decide you've no longer got a romantic connection with someone, if you're going through a difficult time, I don't Mm. know, you'd kind of expect the people around you to support you, but I guess it's that whole women's problem, wash your hands kind of thing. Oh, yes. Um, It was actually five years later, after her experience with postnatal depression, that she wrote The Yellow Wallpaper, which details a woman's experience of postnatal depression in first person. The character, who is not actually named throughout, is instructed by her husband, who is also her physician, to do nothing, a.k.a. that lovely rest cure we talked about. So the same thing that Charlotte has prescribed herself. Yeah, I I find it interesting that she doesn't name the main character because it gives Mm. the character a sense of universality. And it's certainly something you would struggle to get away with in a longer piece. But in a short story, it's really quite a clever tool. And it's interesting as well because as the main character isn't named by her the main character is also not referred to by her name by anyone else Mm. which i think speaks volumes about her value in the marriage and things like that 100 percent, yeah no i have no doubt that that is probably why she did it to draw attention to that definitely and the kind of lack of identity that comes from this mm. so-called rest cure and how if you're you've got two hours a day to do everything then the people around you are probably going to forget who you are. 
Exactly. She's sort of seen as lesser. She's just a woman and now she's got problems and now they really want nothing to do with her. Yeah, I mean, let's be serious. In Victorian times and even, you know, in our parents' lifetimes, they did not treat mental health issues well. Exactly. So while this main character was cooped up in what was the nursery, wasting away the hours just staring at the wallpaper, she obviously starts to see things, including, and I quote, an interminable string of toadstools budding and sprouting in endless convolutions so she the wallpaper starts moving before her eyes and eventually she it looks like it's moving and this it's almost someone as if someone's behind it that's so creepy it's very creepy i don't want to say anymore i don't want to spoil the ending because i think everyone should go and read it it's not very long Mm. yeah it's such a powerful story and i remember reading it and really resonating with the fact that she is slowly going mad and how much she hates this wallpaper that she's just forced to stare at all the time i mean we've all done it we've all kind of stared at the wallpaper or the horrible artex ceilings and seen like patterns and stuff in it and there is like an actual word for that i can never remember what it is but there is a word for when you see patterns in things Mm. but to literally have that as your only form of stimulus for weeks months maybe even years it's no wonder some people didn't recover precisely yeah i mean it drove her further into the issues further into her depression you mean the character or charlotte perkins gilman well technically both but i mean (laughs) in the story it drives the main character further towards a breakdown into psychosis just because she was told to stay inside and literally do nothing i mean i can't think of anything worse than sitting and doing nothing i was advised to basically rest but not sleep when i was really ill last year And it is such a challenging thing to do because, I mean, how do you sit and do nothing? Especially if you're the kind of person whose brain never stops like me, you know, you need that stimulus where you have to channel your energy in the right way and also deal with whatever is triggering your depression. Oh, no, they didn't deal with things back then. Don't be crazy. (laughs) To be fair, do people deal with things now? (laughs) It's a whole different kind of worms. (laughs) After multiple people read her story, opinions did start to change around advising the rest cure. The doctor that originally prescribed it to Charlotte did change his methods a few years later. I don't know why. I really like that. He got there eventually. (laughs) Which I absolutely love because it shows that even though she was a woman, he did Mm. listen to her and respect her opinion about what had been prescribed wasn't working. Mm. And that's a hard thing for a some doctors to admit i think that what they had prescribed has failed exactly i mean it did take years he was big on the rest cure this doctor i think Mm. he was actually trying to set up rest cure facilities for women that that's how into it he was that sounds like hell I know it literally sounds like the set of a horror movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Might be quite so, a good one saying that. I mean, you have asylum horror films, but what about an asylum full of women on the rest cure? Exactly, where they're sort of forced and told that they're crazy and told to do nothing, and it sends them more crazy. And it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because mm. by doing nothing, they are crazy because they need the stimulus and they just go loopy seeing things in the walls. We should write this down. You should. Gonna, it make a really this idea. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, even those outside of the field of medicine, it proved to them that there's more to women than just absent minds that can be turned off. You know, uh, they were thought of as not, well, possibly stupid, but, you know, they didn't 
they lacked intellectual capacity to do much more than raise children. It, it, it's their opinion. Obviously, I don't believe that being a real woman myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But it is mad to think, right? She was alive, what, 100 years ago still? Mm, she so it isn't that long. It's our great-grandparents' generation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it boggles my mind that that's fairly recent memory, but people forget about things fairly quickly as well. Well, things today are quite different in terms of treatments for postnatal depression. Because back then, women weren't really allowed to talk about things. And that wasn't, you know, that, that was only our great-grandparents' generation. It's not that long ago. Whereas today, postnatal depression is treated with things like medication and therapy. And there are success stories from these treatment methods and there is a, an increasing trend to talk about postnatal depression but I do feel like sometimes it's still shunned a little bit but we have made a lot of progress and I think we need to celebrate that but also remember that that stigma is still there of course we're big believers in asking for help when you need it aren't we here at the writer's cookbook mm -hmm. sometimes that's friends sometimes that's family sometimes that's a professional and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with needing medication either no exactly so what would you say our biggest takeaways from charlotte perkins gilman should be what can we learn from her i think three main things one is that early schooling is not everything you know you can still make of yourself what you want to make of yourself if you want to and you put the work in your work can then have a huge impact. So if you write a short story, if you write poetry, if you write a hundred different novels, you know, they, they're going to make a difference and they can be very important, even if it's only to one person or if it's to the face of medicine, <laughs> they can make a difference, which I quite like. And last but not least, never give up on writing. I think it's important to carry on even when everyone around you is literally telling you that you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are quite fond of sticking to the status quo. And if you're doing something that goes against what they believe, then they are more likely to argue against you. But, you know, a lot of the big entrepreneurs out there, they are the ones who did things outside of the box and they've changed the world because of it. Look at Steve Jobs, for example. Exactly. So, it does make a difference, but you have to believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else? At the end of the day, most people aren't going to have that faith in you until you take those first few steps and start to give them essentially proven results. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really be motivated internally rather than rely on other people as a source of motivation. Because they, they're not there to believe in you. That's what you're there for. You're there to prove them wrong. Exactly. which is sometimes the most fun part <laughs> exactly. but that is everything i have for you on charlotte perkins gilman i hope you feel enlightened no that was really good thank you ellie i enjoyed finding out more about her i had no idea some of that stuff she's a very interesting lady for mm -hmm. all our listeners at home slash out and about who else would you like us to study for future episodes there are many women out there who've inspired us in the world of fiction yeah, you can get in touch in the comments on YouTube if you're watching on there. You can check out our Facebook group, which is writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. Or you can email podcast at writerscookbook.com. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.